Welcome to PTJ Author Interviews. PTJ Editor-in-Chief Alan Jetty talks with authors about the most interesting and sometimes surprising aspects of their work. And now, Dr. Jetty. I want to welcome listeners to this PTJ podcast. This is Alan Jetty. I'm Editor-in-Chief of PTJ. And today, I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Karelian Kluk. She is a senior researcher with the Netherlands Institute for Health Services Research and Hugh University of Applied Sciences in Utrecht, the Netherlands. Welcome, Dr. Kluk. Thank you. Today, we're going to be talking about an article that she and her co-authors published in PTJ. It's entitled, Effectiveness of a Blended Physical Therapist Intervention in People with Hip Osteoarthritis, Knee Osteoarthritis, or Both. I'll do a quick summary of the study, and then Dr. Kluk and I will talk about the study. The objective of this study, it was a single-blind, it was a multi-center, superiority cluster randomized control trial that investigated both short and long-term effectiveness of an e-exercise intervention, which was compared to a usual physical therapy intervention in 208 people who had hip or knee or both OA. And these patients came from 143 primary care physical therapist practices. The e-exercise intervention lasted for three months, in which there were five face-to-face physical therapy sessions integrated with an online application, which consisted of graded activity, exercise, as well as information modules. The usual physical therapy intervention included, on average, 12 visits and followed the Dutch physical therapy guidelines for treating hip and knee osteoarthritis. The investigators reported that within group analyses for both groups showed a significant improvement in physical functioning, and after 12 months, sedentary behavior increased significantly in the e-exercise group compared with the usual physical therapy group. And in both groups, there were significant improvements in pain, tiredness, quality of life, and self-efficacy. So, Dr. Cook, this is a very interesting study. And my, my first question is, I was struck in reading your paper that the trial was a superiority trial and not a non-inferiority hypothesis. Could you talk about why you had gone for a superiority versus a non-inferiority hypothesis? Actually, we chose for a superiority trial because we wanted to investigate whether blended care can improve usual physiotherapy. And we truly believe that the integration of a web application would improve the effectiveness of physical therapy. And that's for different reasons. For example, while the web application is available at every time and place and can support the patients in coping with osteoarthritis and adhering to exercise assignments, for example, 24-7 in the daily situation of the patients, whereas usual physiotherapy sessions are restricted to a certain amount of sessions. And next to that, uh, the, the web applications uh, also collect relevant health data about the individual patients. 
which is accessible for the physical therapist in our intervention. So this information, which is gathered by the website, the web application, uh, can be used by the physiotherapist in order to personalize the treatment as a whole. And because of that, we truly believe that the integration of a web application would improve physiotherapy. Next to this, we also hypothesize that e-exercise could reduce the number of face-to-face -face sessions between the patient and physiotherapist. And looking back, to be honest, we might have been too enthusiastic, too positive by hypothesizing that to reach both better effectiveness as well as to reducing healthcare costs. So after finishing the research, unfortunately, because we haven't used an equivalence or a non-inferiority trial, we cannot claim that EXIS is as effective as usual facial therapy. However, looking at the small between group effect sizes, it's very likely to be non-inferior to compare to usual facial therapy. Yeah, that's kind of how I viewed it as well, which is a very interesting finding. I want to go on to a second point that really struck me. You know, when we do trials like this, you always have to decide what kind of randomization you're going to do. And I was struck that you did a cluster randomization. And you note in the article that you did it because of your concern over contamination between usual care and the blended intervention. Talk a little bit about why you thought contamination within the practices was going to be a risk. Yeah, well, the e-exercise intervention that we have developed is more than just a web application. Yeah, web application. It's the complete intervention consisting of both the web application as well as the face-to-face -face physiotherapy sessions. E-exercise is a combination of two delivery modes. Physiotherapists in the intervention group, they were strongly recommended to reduce their number of face-to-face -face sessions from about 12 sessions to only five sessions. And with respect to this advice, we were afraid for a contamination between usual care and the blended intervention because we were afraid that the usual care group would also reduce their number of face-to-face -face sessions. And because of that, we have chosen to use a cluster randomized trial. That makes sense. You thought that if the therapists were doing both, it might contaminate how they approach the usual care patients. Yes, and then specifically the number of face-to-face -face sessions. In the blended therapy group, you found that 73 completed at least 8 of 12 modules, which you defined as adherent. Could you talk a little bit about the adherence and how you approached achieving adherence in these patients? So we were very satisfied with the high adherence, especially because of the adherence compared to joint to move, which was only 46%. The high adherence within e-exercise might be a result of the physiotherapeutic support, but we also integrated reminder messages in the web applications to visit the web application. And next to this, the web application provided new content to the patient every week, which made it more attractive to come back to the web applications. That's very interesting. Makes a lot of sense, too. I also was interested in reading that the physical therapists who were applying the e-exercise intervention, for a smaller proportion of participants, they employed active and passive mobilization 
endurance training, and functional and strength exercises. Given your findings, does it suggest to you that a more active-oriented intervention might be just as efficacious as a more traditional PT intervention that was provided in your usual care group? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And as I said before, e-exercise is more than just a web application. Uh, It's a web application within face-to-face care, so it's complete intervention. And taking it all in account, it's a complex intervention with multiple components. And unfortunately, the intervention as a whole is a black box in relation to its effectiveness. So we cannot say which element of e-exercise was most beneficial. And our findings about the the elements of face-to-face sessions uh, within the e-exercise intervention underline that physiotherapists have a different and new role in delivering blended physiotherapy. So within blended physiotherapy, physiotherapists have to release their usual control and take the role as a coach and support patients in managing their condition by themselves. You know, I was also struck in reading your paper that at the three-month follow-up, your dropout rate was 15%, which did not surprise me. I thought that was fairly common to see that amount of dropout. But at 12 months, your dropout rate was 35%. Why do you think there was such a high dropout rate, and what are your thoughts on preventing dropouts in your future work? Looking back, we probably have overloaded the participants with too many measurements. They had to fill out seven questionnaires and uh, wearing three times an accelerometers for one week. So looking back, that might have been too much. And for future studies, we recommend to use in-person survey visits at home, since this might increase response rate and maybe that we should uh, try to reduce the number of questionnaires within one year. Was there a differential dropout rate between the two groups? Or was it fairly similar? I can't remember. Yeah, it was very similar. Yeah, so in both groups. And there were yeah. no uh, between group. There were no between group differences. Yeah. Looking at uh, well, your point. Uh, your point about the, the number of questionnaires is a good one. I think it's easy to fatigue people with so many. Yeah, that's too much. Yeah, that, the number of questionnaires also had to do with our uh, cost-effectiveness study which was alongside the randomized controlled trial. For the cost-effectiveness part, uh, we used those diaries, which we send every three months. So especially the, the ghost diaries were very time-investigating. Did you compensate your subjects with money? No, we didn't uh, compensate them. That might be a solution as well, to compensate them. That's what I have found in my trials, that if I provide them with compensation, it helps reduce dropout. Okay, yeah. Just a well, thought. Thank you, yeah. yeah. One of your exclusion criterion had to do with the amount of physical activity that they had. And it turned out, even with that criterion, your patients were already at a fairly high level of physical activity at baseline. What might you do in the future to prevent this from occurring? Because I could see where that would be a challenge then in terms of your follow-up and testing your physical activity hypothesis. seems that it's very difficult for physiotherapists to uh, measure patients' physical activity level during anamnesis. 
So because of that, for future studies, we aim to measure physical activity before the start of the physiotherapy treatment and to inform the physiotherapist about the activity level of the individual patient. And based on that, the patient could be included or not. On the other hand, our study shows that our intervention results in improved physical function in patients with a physical active lifestyle as well. So therefore, we could also to to decide to include all patients with problems in physical functioning. That makes sense. What I have found in my own work is that recruiting patients who are very low in physical activity is particularly hard. That's the hardest group to recruit that I have found. Yes, well, in our study, we included patients who visited their physical therapist. So it wasn't the case that we especially recruited uh, patients by using advertisements or something like that. They were all patients that visited their physiotherapist by themselves. My last question related to your study is that given your findings, Would you recommend changes in the typical physical therapy interventions for this patient group? Yes, well, we we recommend to provide blended physiotherapy, for example, our developed intervention e-exercise, to patients who are motivated and suitable for it. And in another follow-up study, we investigated patients' experiences with e-exercise, and it appeared that they were, in general, very enthusiastic about the intervention. And they were very positive about the fact that they had to consult their physiotherapist less often and that they had access to a tool which they can trust because of the link with the university and which supported them in their daily situation. And our results might have been different if we would have selected only the motivated and suitable patients. And probably we would have reached more effectiveness. And therefore, we yeah, do not believe that blended physiotherapy is the solution for every patient, but uh, only for patients with the right skills and the right motivation. And uh, because of that, the e-exercise should, to our opinion, be offered as one of the treatment options to those who are uh, suitable for it and motivated. Well, that makes perfect sense. Well, Dr. Kluck, I want to thank you both for taking the time today to talk to me about your study. I really enjoyed reading it, and I I enjoyed talking with you about it. And I also want to thank you for publishing your work in PTJ, and I wish you'd continue success with your research. Thank you for providing me the opportunity to tell something about my research.